Hi, I'm Jacqueline Freeman. And I'm Sarah Korn. You're listening to Kitchen Table Alchemy, living in full color. This is a podcast for people who see and spread the magical in everyday life. Man, I woke up pissed <laughs> this morning. <laughs> I am in such a horrible mood. I'm just like, right? Uh, before you got here, I like, and we, ha- you know, we're having a house concert this afternoon, so we had to like get stuff straightened up or whatever. They do all the work. We're hosting for another company, but um, uh, but I, I like had to go sit down just to like pull myself into myself. Right? Took me forever to feel any level of grounding, and I didn't even ground that well. And then, like, the minute I got up and started moving around again, it was just like, <laughs> so, like. <laughs> yeah, and I, ironically, I, so I've been uh, dealing with anger for, like, the past week, and, uh, and this morning I'm when I came in. November. Yeah, I was, well, yeah, I, I, I've been dealing with it lo- longer. It's really this week that it's been yeah no, it's been bad. i even like but. i haven't been on facebook in days like i was like okay you know what i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this i have to i have to like pull back for a second and like take care of myself right so this is i'm still waking up pissed and i and i have no idea what's going on in the world and i'm still waking yeah. up pissed. i i consider it something of an accomplishment though that i uh just to admit that i'm pissed you know because in the uh, well, I okay. First of all, I so you don't woke like up, you woke up pissy this morning too. Right. You've been dealing with it this yeah, week. Yeah, so and, yeah. And then I thought, I thought, well, uh, I was like, well, I'll try when I walked in or when I got out of the car to come in here. I was like, okay, Sarah, don't you know, crap your anger all over Jacqueline's mood, you know, whatever. And then I got here, and you're like, I'm so pissed. And I was like, wow. Okay, so we figured we figured we had to talk about it because. Um, because really just even admitting to, to being angry was kind of a new thing for me because I don't like conflict. I don't like, you know, all those negative emotions, you know, anger, sadness, fear, you know, whatever, all those kind of things. The ones that don't feel good. Right. Yeah. No, it's really true. And I think as women, we're definitely, and obviously I bucked that socialization more than others, (laughs) but it, it doesn't. And I think it's one of the mistakes a lot of people make when they, meet someone like me who is fiery and kicks against stuff that I don't like this kind of thing. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I'm not impacted by that socialization. It doesn't mean that socialization doesn't stress me out, but I, I tend to kick against it rather than accept it. Right. This idea that women shouldn't express their anger. All kinds of ideas that women are socialized to do. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so it doesn't mean that, uh, for women like myself, myself included, that it doesn't impact us. Because there's so many people who are like, oh, well, you never paid any mind to that. Well, not true, because I wouldn't need to kick and scream as hard as I did right. if it wasn't bothering me. Well, right? and the like, thing, too, is like, it, even when you've decided to defy some aspect of, of society's expectations for you, you still feel that the expectations are there. Totally. And you still and it, know it that people energy. are judging you, right? And misunderstanding energy. you. And so, you know, I even though I'm not as fiery as you in my personality i've always been kind of an outcast kind of you know geeky or whatever like kind of different and um and so yeah so there there i like i remember in my life when i decided i'm gonna be me and whether that's popular or not oh well you know other people will have to deal i don't care what they think 
But and you still totally do. Care you what still they do. Think. You care. You you've just right. decided Unless you're, you're going to defy it. You're going to care. Yeah, no, totally. So, but 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 women totally get raised with this like cultural expectation that we're not supposed to get angry. That it's mm-hmm. not ladylike. That it's, it's too emotional. Don't be so emotional. Right. And then, like, so that's sort of, like, traditional programming. And then, like, new age, like, spiritually oh, programming. Yeah. Same thing. Like, right. Probably doubling down, actually. Right. Because it's like, you need to go find out where that's coming from. You need to get grounded. Which, and which is true. But we don't need to be, like, shaming self. people for those emotions <laughs> either. Right? Like, right. So, and so that's the, the challenge for me that I'm in right now yeah. is, like... Okay, on the one hand, I am trying to be more conscious. I am trying to not just let my emotions run away with me. But then on the other hand, I don't want to be suppressing my emotions Mm -hmm. or ignoring them or discounting them either. Right. No, totally. So that's the challenge. (laughs) Totally. And a friend of mine had posted a meme um, last week or whatever that something along the lines of... um, that every time you don't act in anger, the meme said. So we had this discussion about that word. Every time you don't act in anger um, or act on anger or whatever it was, that you're rewiring your brain for more com- compassion and understanding mm. all this good stuff. Um, and the thing is, I think a lot of people... So we had this really interesting discussion going underneath that. Like, well, you still got to feel it, right? Because, like, shoving the anger down... right. Just, like, that turns into sickness. Like, this is yeah. not... Then, then the teeth go inward, right? Right. Um, and that's that's not doing anybody any good either. There's got to be... So, finding that way to feel anger... Um, but Without not expressing rea- it in unhealthy well, ways. Right, right. Because it's about reacting in anger, not responding in anger. Do you know what I'm saying? How or, are you differentiating those So, reacting would be, like... Um, like just the knee-jerk reaction? Yes. Okay. And responding no, is responding like choosing is, your Exactly. Reaction. Responding okay. is feeling the emotion, getting whatever information that has to send you, right? Because it it's, it's useful or it wouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things I realized, too, is that anger and actually I would say any of those quote-unquote negative emotions yeah. are, they're a red flag that mm-hmm. something's going on, mm-hmm. right? There's, Very useful. Yeah. And so if you can look at yeah. it that way, as opposed to trying to like place the blame for it or just going, ew, this is yucky. Let me What did you away. say when you came in? What you, which part? When I first came in? Not when you first came in, but when we were talking about when you were like, oh my God, I woke up angry too. And then I realized. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I was trying to, thinking it through, right? As I'm showering and everything. And, and I was like. You know, because I would, I have all this internal dialogue going, you know, I'm mad, I'm mad at the universe for not providing for me, you know, and for these same things that keep happening to me over and over, and, and I'm changing, and I'm doing what I need to do, and how come God isn't helping me more, and you know, so, and then, and then the flip thing of, well, maybe it is my fault, maybe I haven't been doing enough, maybe I do, I'm doing the wrong things, you know, so, right, and then finally I was like, wait. Maybe neither of us is to blame. <laughs> Maybe I'm I'm wasting my effort trying to place the blame for this. Maybe this is just what's happening right now. 
Because you, you know? said anger always needs a place to land. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, see, you remember the word. <laughs> right. And that's what I was like. Oh, yeah. Anger wants a place to land. So good. So that, so that it... Because it's it's this powerful energy that's trying to go somewhere. It I feel like it's very active. It, it it's trying to push you. It's trying to propel you. Trying to get you to do something. It is like rocket fuel. Because it's like it's like something's wrong here. Fix it. You know. Yeah, totally. And so that's why it wants to land. It wants to find the problem and kick its ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so so, but the problem is when you don't know. Sometimes you know what the problem is, and then you can do that but sometimes it's not that obvious sometimes it's like and i had this analogy with like the you know because all the hurricanes and natural disasters i'm like sometimes yeah it's just a natural disaster sometimes bad stuff happens to good people and maybe it isn't your fault and maybe it's not because god is being mean to you or punishing you for something or not looking out for you whatever maybe this just happened right now and you just got to kind of push through it. Mm. And so, um, but what I, what I do find in, in one of the reasons that I wasn't, cause, cause as I was feeling, I was acknowledging the anger. I was like, okay, I'm very angry about this. Okay. Yes. I'm acknowledging my anger. And then I was like, okay, I need to release my anger. But the, but there was a part of me is like, no. I don't want to release it. Like, mm. <laughs> like, no, because then you'll just go back to being okay with whatever happens. And it's not okay. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So sometimes the emotions want to kind of hang out for a little while. I find, because it's like, if I try to force them to go before they're ready, no, that's, that's when true. it gets to that pushing it down. Right. Yeah, it it doesn't really work. Cause maybe they're not, <laughs> They haven't been fully expressed yet. Yeah, and I and I do question um, this idea that we have that, um, and that's something to have in you know like a conversation with ourselves or whatever about if we're not furious, we won't get anything done, or if we're not unhappy, mm. we won't get anything done. That's one of the things I wonder too. That as I was trying to figure this all out and work through it, I was like. Um, maybe I need this anger to propel me to do something differently, but I, I couldn't like, figure out what I, know, I haven't right? figured out what it. I wonder is. if like <laughs> sitting down with the anger and being like, okay, I, I, I get it. Something needs to happen. So if I sit down and make a plan for action on this and commit to that action, like, are you cool with that? Do you know what I mean? Like mm, right. something like that. Like, is this what you want? Is right. this what you want? Yeah. Instead I've of done like, that sometimes with my journaling now, or I'll just like pretend I'm having a conversation with this in, internal part of me, you know, and say, yeah. okay, what do you want to tell me? Totally. Like, what's going on I, here? I, I, and anyone that's been in my house has seen like packs of multicolored pens or markers, like <laughs> in various different places, because because I journal with with lots of different colored pens so that when I'm reading, it's very easy, right? right? So that it's yeah. easy for me to see who's talking when mm. anger obviously always gets colors like red and orange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes blood red, sometimes like burgundy red or whatever. But, um, uh, but yeah, that way I can give different voices in me a different color so that I can, cause there will be like this conversation between two parts of me and then another aspect emerges uh, and says something, right? Huh, so then that gets a different color. Um, so sometimes my journals are very, very, very colorful. It always feels really <laughs> strange when I'm 
when I'm when I only have a pencil or only have a black pen or something and everything has to happen in one color. So it can be yeah. one way to have a dialogue with it. But there's like and and really this idea of like what we do with our anger because I think it's um and from what I've uh gathered about like the sort of emotional forecast for October um like this is really and this is the time this is the month of the ancestors right so at the end mm-hmm. of October um we've got Halloween and we've got Dia Halloween Salen Dia de los Muertos All Saints Day All Souls Day um so so like October and into November like this is the time of the ancestors mm-hmm. and if you think about it like even the, the the most hokey how like Hollywood versions of Halloween or whatever, this idea of things coming up from the surface or the dead resurfacing and, and walking the earth, like this is stuff coming from below right. up to the surface to be dealt with, right? right? So so it makes sense that we would be starting the month like you know, but um but I think like really thinking about ways to like how we can healthily allow stuff to come to the surface and express it fully, get it out of our bodies fully, listen to what it has to tell us fully so that it can inform our actions in a good way so that we can, cause I like the, the sort of emotional forecast for this month are really like that a lot of things are swirling around and that the trick for this month is really about learning how to find center mm. and be patient enough to wait things wait for things to settle before we start moving. Yeah. So when we're dealing with a force like anger that and that was so beautiful that it always wants a place to land, right? Like that when we're dealing with a force like anger that does want something to grab onto and kick its butt, like um then it takes incredible amounts of control to feel the anger fully, but not be like, okay, we're not gonna we're not going to move on this yet. Do you know what I'm saying? We need to wait for everything to kind of settle and then see what's really going on. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's all this stuff coming up, but it's not what's hap What's really happening is it hasn't surfaced yet. If that makes any sense. And that's interesting that you say that because I, um, I mean the stuff that kicked this off was, um, uh, Started like a month ago. Um, started probably mid September or something like that, uh, or even earlier than that. Um, and anyway, so um, at first I was like, um, because it was it's around money, and I had this like client that I was supposed to be working with full time, and then they backed out, and then I had last week like another client back out. So it's just, uh, yeah. And I was like, I was at this good place where everything was like stable and things were good. And now everything's blown up, up again. Right. Again. Yeah. And so, um, and so I've seen some I went through some anger actually, and some yeah. stuff there. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. later then. Um, but I, at first I, at, at one point I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I've done what I can for right now. And now for the next week, I'm just going to, like, do the work that I have, do what I need to do, and just, like, trust that I'm going to be provided for. And so it was it was kind of like a let's wait this out and see what happens kind of thing. That was sort of the message I was getting was just wait this thing out, you know. And then, and then uh, today, too, like this morning as I was thinking through all this, I'm like, maybe you just need to wait 
a little longer. And in fact, yesterday when I was planning, trying to plan my schedule, right? Because it's like, when am I going to have work or not? And all this kind of thing. And and I was like, well, maybe I could look at this as a forced vacation <laughs> and a chance to write my book. And I've been wanting to yeah. write a book um, this month and um, uh, and by the end of the year. And so I was like, okay. So I scheduled three days. I'm like, I'm probably not going to have any client work then. So... I'll just schedule that to write my book and, you know, and again, just kind of wait it out. And, right. I, you know, I have one potential opportunity, a uh, full-time thing in the pipeline that, you know, but again, we don't know for sure when or if that's going to materialize exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so that's the, the thing that I've been getting, at least with my situation, is that you know, it's not my fault. It's not because the universe isn't working in my favor. It's just things are crazy right now. And yeah. I just got to And there's, there's this air of expression, <clears throat> uh, trust God, but tie your camel. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right, so I've been trying to work on that, like, going like, all right, what have I done? What can I do, right? What's in my power to do? Doing those things. And then going, and then learning. Okay, I did what I did. Now I planted the seeds. Now I'm gonna let them germinate and see what comes up. Yeah. So I think in the next, let's take a little break and fill up our fill up our mugs, and then in the next break, um, we can talk about some sort of like release techniques to make sure that um, that we do have ways to deal with the anger when it's coming up. All right, so we're back, and uh, we're very fortunate on this podcast that we have a professional coach uh, who can uh, is very skilled with helping people deal with their emotions. So, so go ahead and do with it myself. That's right. right. Lead so, us through it. What do we do to well, deal so with this? And I think, and we touched on this in the first section, right? Like, I think naming emotions in and of itself is very, very powerful, and helps us already get out of that knee-jerk response, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just, like, moving in whatever the emotion is, just standing back enough to go, I'm really angry right now, already moves us into the cortex, right? So we're mm-hmm. already in the space of objectiveness and being able, we're not identifying with the emotion anymore, so now we can hold a container for the emotion. Does that make sense? Right. Um, instead of being swept up with it. Because I think so you're that distancing r- yourself a little bit. A little bit. So you and, can... Right. So it's like you distance yourself from it so you can kind of understand what it is. And then you can then do the process of... Right. Because it's really it about your conscious self holding the container for the emotion to be released. Because I think a lot of people, what ends up happening, they, they either repress or get carried away with, mm. right? Right. Because they think, well, the only way for me to feel an emotion, if I feel it, I'm going to get swept away by it. Right. And so so then they repress it, right? Right. So basically what we want to do is find a way to build a container for the emotion. And just naming the emotions can help you do that. Because now you are not the emotion, Right. The emotion is moving through you. So who are you? You are the one that names what the emotion is. So it's help building a a level of self-awareness as well. Right. There's a like reading the body to understand what your body does with certain emotions so that you can say, I'm really angry. I'm really disappointed. I'm sad right now. 
And I think a really important key to doing that is releasing any judgment Mm -hmm. um, of yourself for feeling whatever you feel. Absolutely. Because I think that's another reason that people repress it is they feel guilty. They don't want to be a person who feels anger or fear. What does it mean about me that I feel this right now? Right. Exactly. And it means you're human (laughs) and that's the emotion that you're having. That's what it means. That's all that it means. And also understanding that you're not going to feel this way forever. It's how you feel right now. And, and, and having that awareness that this is how I feel right now. It's temporary. I, I have the ability to process it and let the emotion move on. That makes it, for me anyway, easier to deal with is knowing, okay, I'm not going to feel this way forever. Which yeah. is sometimes how it feels when you're caught up in emotion. And emotion, it feels like it's so overwhelming. It feels like, oh my gosh, this is like a new state of being for me. Because in that present moment, it, it kind it of is, is right? Of right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, so that's been a, a sort of powerful realization for me in dealing with all my emotions is realizing everything is going to change. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and so like that, that naming the emotion, and another way to also sort of like build the container for it and increase your self-awareness of what's going on is just to ask yourself, okay, what does my body feel like right now? Right. This is also something really helpful in relationships with your partners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to see where there's like tenseness or something like exactly. that. Exactly. My, my shoulders are tight. My chest feels like someone's standing on it or I feel like I can't breathe, or there's tension in my jaw, or my head hurts, whatever. My stomach feels yucky. I I contract my, like, hip and pelvic muscles a lot, mm. actually, which is really common for people that have had sexual trauma, right? Oh, so, right. so those can, which means I have hip issues because I'm pulling my muscles all the time. So oh. learning how to relax that, do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but you, I have to be aware that I'm doing it to relax in the first place. And right. I catch myself a million times a day. Um, but that was better than when I didn't even know I was doing it. And then my, my muscles are completely fatigued. I'm having all these issues because I'm clenching so much. Right. Right. So, um, but it's also something that's really powerful, um, in working with relation in, in, with your partner in relationship, especially if they're not particularly like aligned, Expressive. right? Exactly. <laughs> because, um, and there was a great interview on the, there was Shakti conference. It was a couple of years ago. And this summer when I was traveling, um, I, I just had my, my phone on shuffle, right? So some of these podcasts or lectures would come up in the middle of these songs. And there was one that I didn't listen to, um, and it's called. It's from the Shift Network. They have lots of really cool webinars and things like this. Hmm. So this was the Shakti conference that was two years ago, three years ago. And there's one I didn't listen to because the title just kind of pissed me off. It was something like, "How do I get my man to feel?" or some crap. <laughs> um, and so I was implying just like, that whatever. He feel right? Implying that he doesn't feel, and it's your job to make him do it, and whatever. Like, sorry. <laughs> um, so I just didn't even listen. But it was actually really good. Um, and I was on a mountain road and it was curvy and I, there was no way I was taking my hands or eyes off the road. Right. So I listened to the thing, but it was actually really good. And one of the things that he talked about, and we've talked about this before too, but, um, one of the things that he, he talked about was, uh, that women actually a lot of times aren't very good at feeling their emotions. They analyze their emotions, which is something very different. (laughs) Right. And the guys are actually feeling the emotion, 
but they don't know they don't have the language for it. Oh, they're to not interested it in and right, and they're not interested in analyzing it. And analyzing a lot of times, sometimes it doesn't do a lot of good, right? Especially yeah, when you're analyzing other people's emotions. Guess what? That's never going to help you. <laughs> like <laughs> almost never. I mean, maybe there's right. some experience. You know, there's always exceptions to the rule, but. Uh, if you have any codependent issues whatsoever, this should be a red flag to you when you start wanting to analyze other people's emotions. But, um, like the analyzation doesn't, doesn't help. So asking where, what do you feel in your body right now? Right. Right. Is, oh, well, my chest feels tight. My jaw is clenched. I'm clenching my jaw. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? Like coming- I usually have it pain in my chest, kind of like a tightness uh, yeah. in my heart area. Is, right. Yeah. So it can feel feeling. like all the muscles are contracted, ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause like you said, the anger wants to find something and kick its butt. So, right. um, so f- the being coming into that sort of body awareness of what's happening in your body, um, that's also helping build the container and bringing your body into that conversation because your body can let you know, right? And we've talked about this before mm-hmm. that you've got that level of body awareness the body can help you figure out when you've got something on a track that you don't realize. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's, it's also useful in conversations with, with partners and kids to help them sort of raise their awareness of what's happening. Right. Well, what right. is, what does your body feel like right now? Right. Um, so, so, but what, what does that tell you about the emotion though? So let's say you are like, Oh, my muscles are really contracted and this part of my body, like, what does that tell you? Um, I mean, it's building, it's building the self-awareness and it can help you name the emotion. Oh, because then you start to notice patterns like, oh, when I feel this way, I often feel this way in my body. Like this thing in my body tends to match up with this emotion, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And if you're feeling what's happening in your body, because you're not going to feel the feeling until you can feel what's happening in your body either. Right. Feelings are very attached to the body. So if we're really detached from our bodies, then we're not going to be fully releasing feelings. Does that make sense? Right. So, but if you're starting to feel like, oh, all my muscles are tense, I feel like I need, then we're probably going to get to a place where we're like, you know what? I just need to go for a really brisk walk. I've got to get this. There's like this charge in my, in my muscles right now and I need Mm -hmm. to release it. Right. So, um, exercise is a fantastic way to get rid of anger, right? Right. Exercise is a fantastic way to get rid of anger. Um, kickboxing classes. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So because emotion is, it is, it comes through the body. It's very attached to the body. Right. So if we're, if we're totally detached from our bodies, then we're not, providing a container for it to come out. Um, and connecting with that can help us find whatever the activity is that we can do. Right. Then we're in a, we're again, we're becoming, we're stepping into observer us, right. The capital me, capital M me or capital Y you, um, that says, this is the emotion I'm feeling. This is how it feels in my body. And then the body's like, Oh, I just want to go for a run or I just, I'm going to, I'm going to go pull some weeds. Like what? I mean, pulling yeah. weeds is awesome. Also, right? <laughs> so get to kill something, right? Like <laughs> get it out by the root, you know? So, um, so, so it can, it, you know, that way you can make a decision about, Right. As as you're feeling it and it's coming up to the surface, make a decision, a conscious decision and respond to that anger and decide, 
I'm going to go pull some weeds. I'm going to go for a brisk walk. I'm going to go to the gym and get on the treadmill. And you know, the nice things about those types of activities is they keep your body busy, but then they allow your mind to be free to wander to kind of do the analysis part and look at it and examine it and go, what's going on here? And um, something that I found, I used to always think that anger came from fear, right? We're afraid of something. We feel threatened by it. So then we want to attack it or whatever we feel represents whatever it is that we're afraid of. Um, And then, like, for instance, racism, I think is key example of that right we fear people are different who might be trying to come in and take what's ours or ruin our communities and our marriages and whatever it is we think is right exactly and and uh yeah so but then uh i i someone told me recently that actually anger can also come from sadness yeah and the example she gave was like if you think of a baby who like needs food or something and then it cries and then uh if the caregiver doesn't respond right away those cries turn angry it it turns from help me kind of crying to like where are you yeah. you know right exactly and and i had never thought of it that way yeah. and um and now i'm noticing that a lot of times my anger is usually coming from sadness, yeah, mine not too. fear, which was a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think for a lot of people that have wrestled with depression, they can really relate to that, right? This idea that the teeth go from being on the outside because you don't want to hurt other people hmm. to turning the teeth inward. So you start gnawing at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Which is... Um, a lot of, I mean, I've heard a lot of people describe depression that way. It's certainly how I experienced it, right? Um, that the teeth go inward. So, and if we think like the fear and sadness both are very vulnerable emotions. Right. Yes. And so, of course, they want to be counteracted with energy that's very powerful. Right. Very offensive, like, oh, I'm going to get them before they get me kind of thing. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's yeah. a way to avoid that vulnerability. So yeah. so vulnerability in and of itself can be a trigger for anger. Right, yeah. Right, because yeah. the anger is a way to not feel the vulnerability. It doesn't feel vulnerable. Anger doesn't feel vulnerable. Yeah. Right, it, feel, it does feel like we're doing something and we're going to take charge and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and the more space we create... And again, the exercise, like you mentioned, is a, is a great, because it gives the body something to do. You're, you're moving the, the emotions out and you can just, so watch how you're talking to it rather than ruminating on it and making it Mm -hmm. spin faster. Like just listen to what it has to say and see what comes up. Right. And as, as you're physically working through it. At, you know, once the anger passes, then we'll start seeing these things that are underneath the anger. The anger, um, from a psychological perspective, it, they say that anger is always a secondary emotion, right? So there's something underneath the anger that's And that's happening. what we need to really look at. And that's what we need to feel. Oh, right. Because picking it apart, <laughs> again, just like the anger. It's right? a type of control, right? Exactly. A, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a really good point, differentiating between, because, yeah, I do have a tendency to, like, analyze Go stuff to Go to full death. analyze. I know, and- right? <laughs> totally. I get it. Feels so good. Let me get my spreadsheet, my emotional spreadsheet out. out. Yeah. What's causing this so I can fix the problem? Yeah. yeah instead which- of just feeling 
that vulnerability, feeling the fear. And if you're analyzing it, then you're busy trying to make sense of it, which there's a place for that. But but I like what you said a moment ago about letting it tell you what it wants to say, right? As, As opposed to like... It's like in couples, you know, when when the one person is like, well, I see you're feeling this way and you think this about me and duh, right? Yeah, we all it's love like, that when someone does that, I know, that, right? Yeah. It's like, well, why don't you just let the other person actually tell you? Tell you what feel. they're feeling and where it came from. <laughs> and be like, okay enough with that, right? Which means, yeah. I mean, and this is the thing though, like if, if I don't know how to create safe space for my own emotions, then how am I going to hold that space for my partner? Right. So mm-hmm. of course, and, and if somebody is going to like tell me how I feel and analyze stuff before I can even get out of my face, I'm not going to tell them anything. It's not safe. Right. Right. And then it's going to be used against me in that moment, if not later. So, but, but that, and I, I used to do that in my relationships. Right. And, because, but I didn't have a safe space in myself for my emotions. So I didn't know how to create a safe space for them. So, um, so we really do, that's why the relationship, any, any healthy relationship starts on the inside. It starts with our relationship to ourselves. So, um, and that can be a way to frame it too. Like, are you, how would you talk to a 10 year old child that was having this problem? Hmm. Right. How and would treat you talk- yourself with that same kind of right. compassion? Have that same kind of conversation with yourself. Like if your 10 year old came to you furious and angry and sad and scared, you wouldn't shame them, I hope, and say, oh, yeah. that's stupid. Why do you feel that way? Do we you know do. I mean? You know what people often do, and I've done this, is try to make them feel better immediately. Like, mm. like, oh, calm down, calm down. It's not as bad as you think. Um, here, let me help you feel better. Like, a lot yeah. of times we, because it's uncomfortable yeah. to watch someone you love experiencing yeah. Pain because it's also right? emotional pain because we want to do something to fix right, it, and we, we want to help them, and and we want to stop, you know, feeling that pain with them, right? By watching them go through it, and so it's there's that. I think that's an instinctive reaction is to try and fix it immediately, as opposed to letting it express itself. Yeah. And I've learned with my son that um, things work a lot better, and we get through it a lot faster if I let him just say why he's upset. <laughs> And say what he wants to say and, and not go, uh, stop talking to me disrespectfully. You know, it's like, because sometimes, you know, those emotions have to say things that you don't want to hear, which aren't proper or polite or, you know, and so you've got to be open to letting it really express itself the way it wants to without judging it. And I think, again, building a container for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm old school and I'm Southern. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that. And there's probably a lot of, but I think like, okay, I understand that you're really angry, but I'm not liking your tone right now. Why don't, why don't we talk about this after dinner? Hmm. Right. Um, why don't you go for a run or I'm going to go for a walk or whatever. And th- that way we're still, we're building a container for it. And in that container, okay. I understand you're upset. Tell me, tell me what's going on. And then they can speak freely and say whatever they need to say. But I think, um, in that moment, because you, 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 you can't like scream at your boss that way. You can't scream at your teacher that way. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like there's lots of places in life where we need, we need to learn how to feel the emotion, recognize the emotion, value the emotion, 
listen to what it has to say. But, and we're not responsible for our, our emotions. They just happen. We are responsible for the words we say and the actions we take based on those emotions, right? So, and as parents, of course, we have to teach them how to, how to manage those things. So I hear you're angry. I respect that. But this tone is not appropriate. Right. Let's talk about it after dinner. Yeah. Um, and then you can say whatever's on your mind. And that, yeah, I found that to be very helpful too, is why don't you just go to your room for a while and like, and I'll go to my room and we'll both have a little time out and then, you know, we can address this later because yeah, trying to like solve the problem when you're in the, the yeah, grips of gonna, that emotion, it just work. doesn't work. It, no. And it tends to, I know with my son, it just tends to escalate the situation because yeah. like I try to do something to fix it and he doesn't like that. And then he rebels, right? Exactly. And then things escalate. It's like, well, it's like, can you say this to me and still be respectful to me as your mom? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, because he, he, they, the kids need to recognize that. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And and they're gonna have to, like, we're the ones that teach them how to do it. They're gonna have to do it all of their lives, um, in lots of different situations. So, um, and same thing within a relationship. It's been really interesting. I've been really noticing uh, lately. So we have a we have a DVR now, like a TiVo, and so um, so I'm like searching for all these old shows that I used to watch, <laughs> and um, so uh, so watching all these shows that I loved when I was a kid, I realized like man, and I know part of it is like television; it's dramatic or whatever, but um, but people spend a lot of time like screaming at each other. Do you know what I mean? And, the, and we do have this sort of idea that that within your most intimate of relationships, like this is where we let all that stuff out. Right. Right. Um, and finding ways to kind of rewire that. there tend to be people that they want to put on a good show for the world. And so Mm -hmm. they're very nice in public and then they come home and, and and, crap. comes Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, and then there's other people that are like, well, the people closest to me are the ones that I'm always going to be the best to. And I don't know those people. So why why do I care? Right. Right. I've noticed that people (laughs) tend to kind of fall in those two directions. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and realizing like, uh, and I was definitely, well, I was raised by a narcissist. So obviously the emphasis was on the outside world, right? right. Looking good for them. Uh, looking good for other people. Right. Um, and, uh, and as I get older and, you know, have this beautiful partnership with a very introverted person, he's of the, no, you're good to the people that you're close to. And I don't know right. that guy, so why do I care? You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> right, totally exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, but there's a, there's a lot of, um, wisdom in that, right? So, um, so finding those ways for me to work through my emotions myself or in a container with a friend where it's safe, right, um, have been really, really powerful transformers for me. And, um, and, and like, again, recognizing that, like, I'm not responsible for the emotion, but I am responsible for how I talk to people when I'm angry. Yeah. I am responsible for what I do when I'm angry, but I'm not responsible for being angry, like that just happens. It just is what it is. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and teaching our kids the same kind of ways of dealing with that, right? That the anger is not the problem. Um, but how you talk to me when you're angry can be a problem. Right. Right. I know you're angry, but you need to remember I'm, I'm your mom. Can you, can you talk about it right now? Or do you need, do you need a minute? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like finding a, finding a way to, to do it. And that, that means we have to sit with ourselves and be okay with the fact that they're angry. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is one of the things with parenting, like, no matter how hard you work and how many things you've done to, like, shift the things that came before <laughs> you, your kid's still going to be on somebody's couch paying them, like, 150 to $300 an hour to talk about you. So, like, there's no, <laughs> no, like, what there's no getting around that. So that's right. just, like, it's very humbling, and we should just accept it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but then, again, about that, like, finding the places within to be able to work with these emotions ourselves uh, before we bring them to another person, right? So that we're not reacting, but we are actually responding um, is journaling. Journaling is really powerful. And I went through, um, and I used to just have the most, oh my gosh, my journals, you would open them up and like black, icky nastiness came dripping out. Do you know what I mean? Like they were so bad. And, um, and then I went through this phase this very like new agey spiritual phase or whatever, mm-hmm. where I felt like, oh my god, I'm manifesting all this bad stuff. Because you're writing in, because I'm writing it down, right? right? Like I it's know like the first stuff of creation. I struggled with that same thing this week because I was like, I was, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna accept that I'm angry and I'm gonna allow myself to be angry. And then I was like. <gasps> But what if then I'm going to manifest all these things that I'm angry about and fearing right. and, you know, I'm and telling thoughts you, become things and I'm like, oh. This has been, it's <laughs> even more repressive than like good old toxic masculine, masculine driven <laughs> patriarchy. I mean, it's, it's amazing the level of emotional policing that happens right. under that kind of ideas. So, yeah. So I went through this phase where I was like, oh my God, this is the first step of manifestation. So I was censoring myself in my journal, right? Uh. Anyway, and then, because the universe is conspiring to help us grow, um, (laughs) I ran across these studies that demonstrated that um, the more nastiness was in the journal, the, the greater health benefit to the to the journal e right it has to come out right and so for people that journaled they saw this um correlation with like the level of nastiness so they were looking at like cuss words like stuff like this right and i I do i remember especially as a teenager having like you know (laughs) cuss words that were half the page (laughs) and i'm like you know grabbing my pen like a two-year-old like you know, and so, um, <laughs> you know, so, F them. And, um, so like, you know, and these huge, like scrawled going over the letters over and over again. Um, and they were saying that like, yeah, the nastier the journals, the better the health. So, and for people that didn't journal like that or didn't journal at all, there was an increase. So for people that did journal, there was a decrease in diabetes, decrease in hypertension, decrease. I mean, big difference, right? So then I realized, oh, well, the reason I don't have so many of the health issues that my family has is because I did have those journals. Right. And I did get it all out. And I did say all the things I wanted to. (laughs) And my grandmother found them several times and I got in lots of trouble, (laughs) you know, but, um, yeah, as a, as an adult, like this is the thing. Like, don't censor yourself in that space. And um, I did. Uh, I burnt a stack of journals taller than my hip on the beach wow. in Brighton, um, <laughs> like two thousand and two or something, two thousand and three. Um, and 
So I don't have any of those anymore. So if it, if it is something that is really bothering you, then rip the page out and have a fire ceremony. Yeah. Right? That's a great I've way. I've done that before. Oh, too, I love fire ceremonies. Yeah. yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, so r- rip the pages out and have a fire ceremony um, and scatter the ashes afterwards. Like, it, that can, or, you know, put it, scatter them on the ground and, and put water over them. Like, that can be a great way if you are still really concerned about, like, what if I'm manifesting this or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really, we've got to get it out, right? Writing letters to the people you're angry about and then burning them. Um, uh, sending them down waterways, right? Yeah. Um, if it's on, like, compostable, recyclable paper or whatever. Right. Um, but those... I did that with a forgiveness practice that I yes. did, too, where I would write... Just angry letters, yeah. basically, to all the people I was angry at. And actually, some came up that I was really surprised. Like, I didn't even know I was angry at that person until... Because I just asked. I'm like, okay, who should I write in the letter to next? And the answer I got was this person. And I was like, really? Okay. Well, I started writing. And then I'm like, oh! <laughs> I had no idea! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And then I ripped the pages out and burned them. And, and, and then what for each letter that I wrote to someone else... I also wrote a letter forgiving myself mm, for whatever yeah. happened in that situation, whatever I blame myself for or yeah. whatever. And, you know, and so that was a place too where I could openly criticize myself mm. and, and say, you know, it sort of started out with you did this, you did that, you know, you should have blah, 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 you know, and then, but I realize now you were doing your best and I forgive you and, you know. Okay. So that so that's another way if you're that was in I was intentionally trying to forgive so that's is opposed to like release anger but but in order to forgive I had to release the anger that I had both towards others and towards myself. Yeah, and I I have noticed uh for myself that um those things that I'm the most angry about, the things that I can't let go of, the things that just keep coming up, it's because I'm actually angry at myself. Yes. Yes. And yeah. I haven't explored that and let that go and and forgiven myself and increased self-compassion on that, right? Yeah. Um, and, and seen, like, well, but you didn't know better. Mm-hmm. You, you were doing the best that you could. Right. And now you know better, so do better. But, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and ha- increasing that self compassion. But that's what I've seen. For the stuff that just doesn't go away, then I need to examine how I'm blaming myself for that right. and what I'm angry at myself about for that situation. Which is sometimes challenging and doesn't occur to us because, especially if you were the victim in the situation, right? Yeah. And sort of like, well, I'm not to blame for that. You know, I they hurt me. There is their fault, you know. But he, I found that. I can feel angry at myself for being a victim, for yeah, being absolutely. weak, for, you know, being gullible enough to let someone, you know, uh, you know, do something or hurt me or whatever. Yeah, totally. And, um, and yeah, or not being smart enough. You should have seen that, you know, whatever. So even when you're in the victim role, you can still have a lot of blame and shame for yourself around it. And I, and I think, um, that is just something that's incredibly cultural, right? I really think that's part of, um, this toxic masculine patriarchy that we live in is that it is never okay to be vulnerable. Right. It's never okay to be the victim. It is never okay. It's never okay. 
Yeah. And we do. We victim blame constantly. Um, So to to the point that we now have someone in the White House that does that all the time, right? He is a representative of us as a culture. He really, really is. It's, I don't like what I see at all, but he is absolutely a representative of us, right? And we all need to face that and deal with it. And this victim blaming and not it never being okay to have anything happen to you or that it must be your fault. Right. Like, um, it is, it's a, it's a way to avoid vulnerability. It's, it it does a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? But it's something to really, really pay attention to. Um, and I think women since the women's movement, this has been one of the unintended consequences of the women's movement because it ended up being very, um, very masculinist actually, as opposed to feminist. Oh, right. Because we have this idea that men represent strength, and that's all that strength is. Uh, and so we've it's taken women this, trying to be strong right, in the masculine this, right, way. We've taken this very masculine model on of what it mean, what strength means. Yeah, and that means you are never the victim. Right. Right. So You're not so then so then we hate yeah. ourselves for it, and we yeah. we we and, persecute and there's a feeling it. of a wrongness about it too, because on some subconscious level, we know that. That's not really what true feminism is about. You know, we we see like, oh, you're a woman dressing up in a man's clothing. Like, that isn't really better. (laughs) It's different, but it's not... Well, not really. It's just got a different jacket on. Right. And I I think for some... I think for some women, that's an authentic expression of them. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, But I think for, for a lot of women... Um, we've just gotten these really false ideas. We don't allow ourselves that femininity. Right. Right. So, um, and there is this like internalization of that toxic masculine. Um, and there's a lot of women that totally internalize that. Right. Um, it's very Electra, I think. And we talked about this in an episode where we talked about Itamano, um, and what women look like, like, this is a woman on toxic patriarchy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, um, when women have internalized that. So, um, so it's a very sort of Electra kind of thing, or Athena also is an archetype that does this. Athena is a woman, but she thoroughly identifies with males within the patriarchy and she is there to defend the status quo. Right. Right. Um, she was born out of her father's head. <laughs> so, so there is no, like, she didn't go through the birthing process. Right. right. There is not, there's not the mess and the blood and then the, the, the vulnerability that comes after. And she didn't have any of right. that. She, she didn't experience of any of that. She being... popped fully formed out of her father's head. Right. So, so that's an archetype that really speaks to that, um, and how that works. But for, for the women's movement to say, this is the only definition of strength. Right. And I think, Subsequent movements have tried to, but I still don't think we're there yet. I think Brene Brown's work is probably helping us get there. Um, but expanding our idea about what strength is um, and what weakness is. Um, and how to be strong and vulnerable at the same time. I think strength. is really at, yeah. the, at the crux of it is, and this is relevant for both men and women. Absolutely. Because, of course, men are also told they're not allowed to be Absolutely. vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah, this um, is really the key to Right. It's like, how can you, you know, accept and, and be okay with your inherent vulnerability as a human being and at the same time be strong and proactive and... And so it's really about being both. 
mm-hmm. for both men and women. Yeah, and absolutely. doing it in a way that is uh, right for that person. Yeah, and looking at the sort of like internal strength that it takes to embrace that vulnerability. All right, so we're going to do our integration station segment where we uh, recap uh, the different methods that we've talked about, about how to deal with anger. And then Jacqueline has a a few more uh, exercises that are really helpful as well. So we talked about um, naming emotions, thinking, first of all, just acknowledging that you're feeling emotion. And then also paying attention to your body. Where are you feeling it in your body? Um, and then... And that's going to build that container, right? So we're right. moving into the observer. Right. And, yeah. So instead of feeling like we're getting swept away from our emotions, we can identify it, put it in that container. And then at that point we can ask, what is it trying to tell us? Because right. these emotions are a, a red flag that something's going on, that something needs to be examined um, within ourselves. And uh, so journaling is a great way to do that, and it's it's great if you can just be as as real and honest and just all let it words. all out, let it all out, because that's the beauty of that kind of journaling is no one else is going to see it. Uh, you don't have to worry about what people think or even what you think, you know, just yeah, let it all out and do it without any kind of judgment. And that's also one of the keys with naming your emotions is... Allowing yourself to feel it and to accept that you, this is what you're feeling right now without any right. kind of judgment. So when that question comes up, like, oh my God, what does this mean about me that I feel blah right now? Right, yeah. Um, let your answer be, it means you're a human being that is having this experience, right? Yeah. That you're, you're a human being who is feeling this emotion right now. Yeah. And name the emotion again, right? So that you're reminding yourself of that. Right. Yeah. And then you can move into, all right, then... What is it trying to tell me? Yeah, Yeah, because it's not going to talk until it's not feeling judged anymore. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially with, and you can use this process with any emotion, um, but then with anger in particular, because it's a secondary emotion that usually stems from something else, like fear or sadness or uh, vulnerability. Any expression um, of vulnerability. Yeah, that's, you know, you're going to be sort of looking for what's underneath the anger. What is the anger trying to protect? What is it trying to cover up? What is it trying to, you know, help you fight against? Exactly. Um, and then of course, exercise, we talked about how exercise is a great way to physically allow the emotions to come out. Um, and the great thing about that too, is that you, uh, because you're not saying anything, you don't have to worry about, you know, barfing your emotions on other people and then dealing with their reactions. And so it's a way to release all of those emotions. Um, and, uh, and then you have some other things. Yeah. We've got some like, um, some sort of, again, physical kind of thing. So if something's happened at work or uh, Thanksgiving dinner, right? Like these kind of <laughs> Someone things. Someone said something. That right. Triggers. And you can't like go for a run right then or you can't, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so there are a few things that you can do in the moment that will only take a couple of minutes or not even cups, sometimes not even in a couple of minutes um, to help you physically release some things so they don't keep stacking up, right? Um, so one of them is just, it's called fire breath, right? It's an Ayurvedic thing. And basically what you're doing is pushing the diaphragm in quickly, right? 
Which makes your breath come out really fast. Which makes your breath come out really fast, right? Okay. So you just keep pushing that. I can totally imagine like puffs of smoke coming out with that too. And it can give you a bit of a head rush. I'm already getting a head rush just from like the three that we just did. But but yeah, you just do like... Right? Just do like that. Go into the bathroom. Takes like not even 30 seconds to do it, right? Nice. You feel good. You'll get a little bit of a head rush from it. It's kind of cool. So uh, it's that's perfect. I love anything where you can just like escape to the bathroom for a few minutes, (laughs) exactly, and then come out like, all right, all right, I'm good now. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So, so that's one, and then another one. So that can be good to to release. And don't you feel like better already? Yeah, Yeah. totally. And then um, the other one is a full body movement. Um, So going into so a bathroom is a place where we literally go to poop. <laughs> so releasing your emotion- excrement exactly. So going there to let out your emotional excrement is also great, right? Um, if you want to like open, so a feng shui thing is that you keep toilet lids down, right, to keep energy from going down the toilet. But in this particular instance, so like open up the toilet lid, do the fire breath. You can flush if you want to, right? Like. But and that way it's been, down. right, exactly. It goes where the rest of the poop goes, like just, <laughs> you know. And so, um, and then this other one that's a full body, you will want to go outside somewhere so that you can release it into the ground because you, you really are releasing, your house. exactly, you really okay. are releasing things. So you don't want to just like do this cat in the hat comes back kind of thing, right? Where you make another kind of mess on another plane or something. So, <laughs> um, so this one also a very powerful release technique. So you do want to do it outside somewhere. So if you can get out, you could do it in the bathroom if there's enough space, but you're doing like a full body, uh, full body thing. So you, you stand up and again, you're, you're, so I call it the swooshing, right? Cause it ends up being the noise that you make, but you, you kind of squat down and you're doing fire breath at the ground, right? And then you take your arms from above your head and then whoa, like throw down as hard as you can, like making a swooshing thing with your arms, almost like cross skiers that are, oh right, right? So it's kind of like a skiing motion. Um, that you're, and I'll try to find diagrams for it to put on the site. Right. Um, but you're, you're sort of squatted over, you're kind of looking at the earth. You're going to do a fire breath and then take your arms from above your head and then swoosh them down almost like a, like a skiing movement. Mm-hmm. And you were in that same, uh, everyone else can't see cause they're right, listening, cause, but, but yeah. you were in kind of almost that skier's pose too, where you have your knees bent and you're kind of like leaning forward a little bit. Exactly. So it wasn't like a squat, like you're going to the bathroom. It was more just kind of leaned over. Leaning over. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing the fire breath and then you're swooshing the arms. So you're right and make a really big sound when you do the arms usually two or two or three swooshes with the arms is going to be enough to release whatever you had right but it is a very powerful release technique so when it was taught to me i was told to always do it outside that you don't want to do it inside um if you're in a bathroom that's big enough for you to be able to you swing mean like the your handicap arm. stall or something probably right yeah. you you would need to have the space to be able to swing your arms fully and really hard without hitting anything, whacking yourself on something, which is, you know, just going to make it work. So, um, but yeah, so if there's a bathroom that's big enough to be able to do that, but otherwise you would, you would want to do that outside. Right. So those are both very physical releases. They can be done in a matter of seconds. Um, 
All right, I have to go home and try those. <laughs> no, that, has been, in the grass that has been the frustrating thing with coming to this conclusion of you just need to sit with this and let it pass. Is like, but it's a very, it's it's that energy. It wants to land. Yeah. It wants to go someplace, and so it's very hard to sit with that emotion. Right. Because so, then it turns um, into stewing really quickly if right. we don't do something with it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and there are those moments, especially. If you're at a family dinner or you're in a work situation or you're dealing with your kids, you know, like mm-hmm. there's lots of situations where you're there in the moment and you don't have any more than 20 or 30 seconds before you have to deal with the thing again right now. Right. Right. Um, so doing some fire breaths or doing the swoosh thing if the fire breaths aren't enough um, can help you gain, regain composure in less than a minute. Right. To be able to get back into that. And then... You know, make a, and this is one of the things again, just like you, we're in relationship with our emotions all the time. So to, to be in healthy, respectful relationship with the emotions, and if something's coming up and you can tell that it needs to be dealt with, to say to it, thank you for being here. You're making me human. I, I have this in front of me right now, and so I can't do this right now, but I promise you tonight after dinner, I am going to sit down with my journal and we're going to have a talk. Right. I will give you the space. Right. And Mm -hmm. then honor that. So I think a lot of people are really afraid to allow their emotions because they think that they're going to kidnap them and then they're going to be dysfunctional. (laughs) You know, they won't be able to. They're going to be. If I start crying, I won't quit for six months. Right. Like something that we (laughs) that we feel like or if as women, especially, I think we feel like if I feel my anger, then I'm going to crack the world in two. Do you know what I mean? Because there's just we really feel this like volcanic like Pele level anger. Right. Um, and so we end up not going towards it at all because we're so afraid our emotions have no interest in kidnapping us. Right. They just want to be, they want to be heard. Right. So really honoring that and, and in relation being, recognizing that we're in relationship with them and that we need to honor them the same way we would honor relationships outside of us. Um, and make space for them to be heard and then honor the space we told them that we would give. So glad that you could join us today. And we are here to start a conversation, not be the conversation. So we would love to have you join us uh, around the digital campfire. Uh, you can come to the Facebook page, find Kitchen Table Alchemy, the group. Um, and that's a great place to connect with other people, uh, talk about what we've been talking about, also to find out where our next pop-up podcast is going to be. And Pinterest, find us on Pinterest. So that article that you were looking for that you've scrolled through, and you can't find it, it's probably on the Pinterest board. So uh, go find the Kitchen Table Alchemy group over on Pinterest. And for the latest episodes, you can go to our website, kitchentablealchemy.com, or you can subscribe through iTunes. And that way it's downloaded automatically. You don't have to remember anything. That's that's what I like. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've loved having you. Y'all come back now, you hear? here. <laughs>